What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining us on the panel tonight are... Ryan, how you guys doing? Roger Bay. (laughs) Johnny Morales. And producing again for us, back from Europe. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and say hi, Matt. You were where? Uh, Yeah, I was in uh, France and Germany for about 12 days. So uh, I can talk a little bit about that real quick, just for everyone listening and curious about it. So my brother, who's five years younger than me, is in the Air Force. He's stationed in Ramstein, Germany. Is where, Rammstein. Uh, yeah. Isn't that a band? It is. Mm-hmm. It's, Sweet. It's, du hast. Uh, Landstahl, Landstahl, Germany. Landstahl. Whatever. Uh, which <laughs> my is mom's about, German. Which is about, it's about an hour and a half outside Frankfurt, which is one of the bigger cities in Germany. And so I stayed there for a while. Um, we went to Frankfurt for a day. And, you know, we went to some comic shops. Comic shops there are actually... Uh, super tiny like how the shop here that's about we went in two different ones they were both about that size but they all had a downstairs area which was about this size so it was really interesting weird and so it's the same size just double stack but like a lot of the the u.s ones in both shops were downstairs so and like all the german stuff was upstairs but they didn't have that much interesting and so then yeah i went to france for a day went to paris Uh, i saw the the arc uh eiffel tower and we went to the louvre so that that was exciting because how often do you get to see all that stuff, you know? Um, did you have some warm beer? Actually, I didn't have a beer. Uh, we went to German food. Okay, I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. You Fail. messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, it's like I didn't have a car. So, like, you know, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's a problem over there. I don't, right, beer should be think, everywhere. Right? I don't be think like alcohol mixes machines, with cars, like Matt. in Japan. Also, um, there's no Uber in Landstall. So that was a problem too, <laughs> but the right. name. Well, that yeah. just means you got to go back. Yeah. Well, I'm going to London again. There's no so Uber in Germany, and Uber's a German no, word. There's no, German. <laughs> there's no Uber in Lonstal. Oh. In Frankfurt there was, but we only went to Frankfurt for like a few hours. But um, how do people yeah. get around? Dude, the roads in Europe are crazy, man. Like, there's no lanes. Everyone's merging into each other and, like, going fast. It's nuts. That's why it costs, like, the equivalent of $2,000 to have a European driver's license. It's crazy. But anyways, that's what I did. I checked out comic shops, went to tourist spots, and hung out with my brother and went on. The base is actually pretty cool there. It's, like, the biggest base in all of Europe that we own. Nice. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well... In case you guys are listening for the first time, this is not a travel channel <laughs> or podcast. Like two minutes. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we are a review podcast. We are going to review and spoil some books. We typically review a DC book, a Marvel book, and an indie book, and we review a graphic novel. We're also going to do some trivia later for you guys to win some stuff. Um, and we're going to do some news right now and answer some questions in just a second. So, Johnny. Yeah. Go ahead, man. for some news. Yes, I have uh, news this week. Um, I rushed getting this together, but I still, I think I still did a good job. Anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, first off, uh, Frank Miller is going to uh, write a Arthurian legend YA book. A what? Um, I don't. You know, you know, like King Arthur. That'll never well, see the light YA? of day. Young, Young adult. adult. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that's weird. Yeah, King so, Arthur's a graphic story. I think it's gonna be called Cursed, uh, and it's supposed to be like you know about King Arthur and stuff. Uh, he's working with Thomas Wheeler, who did uh, Puss in Boots. 
which is weird. Oh. All right, and he's also apparently doing um, a Carrie Kelly graphic novel uh, along with some other projects at DC. <laughs> These are never going to come out. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Like, ah, come on, they, Frank. I'm, they may. I mean, he, well, he seems like he seems like he's intent on putting it out. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't like. I said I don't know what his ish, health issues are or whatever. One but issue every eight months. He's well, got. He's got searches coming out. In the in the near future, but that's I mean that's probably going to take him a year, yeah, you know, to do. Five Which issues I still don't know how I feel about that. Yep. I mean, do we really need it though? Probably no. not. Anyway, um, Titans special number one will explore aftermath of metal uh, and Justice League No Justice. Um, <laughs> so a little while ago, it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, speculated that the Titans comic was getting canceled because it wasn't in the solicitations. Um, but now, you know, uh, Titans and Aquaman writer Dan Abnett is going to be returning to Titans in Titans special number one in June. Do we have a name for this relaunch that they're doing yet? It's not a relaunch. A lot of issues are it's a, it, number one. Yeah, it's 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 fine. It's a relaunch. Anyway, <laughs> not a relaunch, guys. <laughs> uh, moving on. This is uh, not Marvel. But like, what do you call it? Like a they're recount. Can, they're canceling a lot of books and starting new ones at number ones. Well, just because they're ending books doesn't mean it's like a whole relaunch. But it's still multiple, in continuity. Well, it depends. If, if, well, I mean, if, Marvel's if, stuff like relaunches, quote unquote, are in continuity. The only ones were, that weren't were like Secret Wars and what else. No, the only, look if really? if, it's, it? if it's a title that's being you know stopped and restarted, I would consider that a relaunch. Yeah, if it's like an entire line of books, like all their books, I would say it's a reboot. If it's you know if it's just hey we're canceling these underperforming titles and we're going to replace them with other books, then it's business as usual. Right, but isn't it like almost half of their titles? But I think I'm DC? like yeah. no no. Oh. No, it's just no. Uh, it, Justice League title. A lot of the team books. Yeah, huh. um, okay. but I mean, it's not like I don't consider a line wide thing a reboot because you're not restarting continu- continuity. Um, but okay. anyway, I mean, semantics. you call it a line wide relaunch, right? Yeah. Still, relaunches kind of suck. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Mitch Garrett's has announced that uh, Mr. Miracle is having a delay in uh, June, I believe. Yes, they're skipping uh, one June. month. Yeah, is that yeah. the last issue? Um, no, no, I think Second that's like eight. It'll be like yeah, eight Should to nine or nine to ten. Yeah, uh, sorry, like number ten. Yeah, number 10. Um, he had a baby, or his wife had a baby, so he's yeah. doing dad duties right now. Yeah, he, um, he said that being a dad got in well, not in the way, it's but kind you of know, more important. Ta- being a dad has taken a dude. Slight if it's pull, only a one month delay, I know you're a stud because he. He, the art on Mr. Miracle is freaking fantastic. Oh, so. you, should, you should see the tweet. Um, anyway, yeah. So he, they're taking a skip month, which is fine because that book's awesome and I would wait a long time for it. Um, next story we have is Snyder, Chung, yes. and Jimenez launch bi-weekly Justice yes. League in June. Jim mm. Chung, they stole him from Marvel. Yeah. I want Justice League. I can't wait for that. Yeah, that's, Jim that's Chung. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And Jorge Jimenez will join. Dude, uh, both of those guys. Jorge Jimenez is getting a lot more notoriety as he should because he's got a great style. So he, uh, that that tells me that that book's going to have a fun tone. That's going to yeah. be the new like A-plus book out. Mm-hmm. Which I'm curious to see how Snyder does with that because – you know, he typically brings the doom and gloom. <laughs> he does. So I really want to see what Snyder just do something really like fun. 
Uh, yeah, and that's going to be Not a that I don't like his doom and gloom. <laughs> I want to clarify. I do like Snyder's doom and gloom. Uh, Scott Snyder, bi-weekly uh, Justice League series uh, beginning in June with mm. both those artists. Um, gonna yeah, it's going to be incredible. Yes. Uh, and then last, I think, last piece of DC news is DC and Hanna-Barbera meet again with new round of unexpected crossovers. Mm. Um there's a bunch of stuff like Black, Black Lightning and Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> oh, <laughs> are they doing the Can whole like twist that? thing, like where oh, like yes. you know like some of the characters are like gay or like completely different, like how they did with those older ones, or like you're talking about with Snagglepuss? Yeah, like all that. Snagglepuss and Flintstones were like the ones that they kind of changed up a lot. Right. Man, I was just wondering are, if they're gonna do that. Those are such good Jess books. No, the Flintstones really one is insane. Was it? That one was really good. Uh, you know, well, that one uh, along with the Flash and Speed Buggy special. Dude. I don't know what Speed Buggy <laughs> is. Speed you need to watch cool. Boomerang, That's Johnny. Cool. Yeah. What is Tomasi doing? Uh, Tomasi. It says right there at the end of that paragraph. Uh, that, he's doing Super Sons and Dino Mutt special. Dino Mutt. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are yes. some of the books that are coming. That's awesome. Yes. Blue Falcon has to be in there if Dino Mutt's in there. <laughs> Dude. Man, there's a lot of um, new Hanna-Barbera yeah. stuff, um, and that's coming soon. Yeah. And then so uh, cool. next, exciting Marvel news. Um, here we have. There's uh, exciting Marvel Yes, news? you should be very excited for this, Jonathan. Uh, Cullen Bunn <laughs> and Mark Bagley team for Deadpool Assassin, a new miniseries. Mm. Roger and I were talking about this earlier about how your hatred for Cullen Bunn extends, like, even giving him a chance. <laughs> <laughs> the man has wronged me, <laughs> yeah. and I don't forget easily. Because like, even there's, like, like, like for Bendis on the Mar- quote-unquote Marvel side, and there's been a couple of DC guys that you're not, don't really like but Colin Bunner like no never you know you just don't even want to like yeah oh, man try. like you would think that this is like what like for Bagley I'd do it because Bagley's pretty tight but I'd grit my teeth the entire he doesn't know time how to, he doesn't know how to draw like stop it hair. Johnny you don't know how to draw that stuff I, I don't anyway Deadpool, <laughs> Deadpool Assassin comes out um, June um, so that's exciting you know what I hate his rendition of Deadpool though I, I, like le- I legitimately it it makes me angry you reading. Just don't his like Deadpool. him. Period. Yeah. They, they've given him. Like, I want to have a conversation with Colin Bunn. I really do. They've given him like what fifteen Deadpool t- uh, like miniseries yeah. or something yeah. like that. Deadpool kills everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Under the illustrated. Black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's some Marvel news. Not that exciting. Uh, next is uh, we have the creative team for Charlie's Angels comic series. Hey. Uh, Who's publishing that? Uh, Dynamite. Yeah, um, it's anyway. not gonna be good. So it's John Layman, uh, from Chew, obviously, and by an artist is Joe Aizma, who is oh. the artist on Morning Glory. Yeah, Joe Aizma was. Uh, right. <laughs> well, maybe. Here's um, the thing, though. It seems that because there's been a lot of capable writers that have written for Dynamite. Greg Pack. Greg Pack. Yeah. Gil Simone. And I think Dynamite literally pays them so little that they just phone it in. I don't think so. I it, Red Sonja's Dynamite, right? Yeah. That was one of the best books that I read last year. From now, Gansom granted, Mike. I didn't read that, but I'm just making the assumption off of all the other Dynamite it's, books. It's that hard read. to find good Dynamite books, especially the licensed ones. Um, but when, like, I don't look at publisher. I try to look at the creative team, and this creative team, you know, interests me. Well, dude, I looked at the creative team for John Wick and I was thoroughly disappointed. Yeah. Who's the creative team for that? It was Greg, Greg Pack. Greg but you're on and off on Greg Pack. 
And who was the... Isn't but the, he's... At least I have a track record of like, okay, there's right. some good stuff he's done. Right. Yeah. Wasn't anyway. the, the 007 series on Dynamite? Yeah. No. Was no, it? That, yes. I thought it was and Boom. That, no, that was Dynamite. And that wow. Bomb and too. That, that tanked yeah. hard. Yeah. God. Um, oh, I forgot about this uh, little piece of DC news. Uh, DC teams with Laboring Kenya uh, for Puerto Rico Benefit Anthology. Uh, and I believe uh, some, if not all, of the proceeds uh, help to rebuild Puerto Rico because the government won't. Anyway, awesome. uh, so it's called cool. <laughs> Reconstruction, Reminiscing and Re- Rebuilding Puerto Rico. It's 200-page anthology. Oh. And it's to obviously raise money, uh, awesome. and it's uh, it'll be twenty dollars when it comes out uh, May twenty third. Um, and yeah, and last piece of news is uh, a little bit sad. Uh, Meltdown Comics is um, in Los Angeles is closing. I've its never stores. even heard of Meltdown until you texted me this. Really. Yeah, wow. dude, it's such a cool store. Yeah, I've is. never. The, the comedy. Club it is pretty famous. Yeah, it is the. Uh, it is. I think it's the biggest comic store in in LA, uh, in, in California. California. Yeah. Um, I've only. What about Mile High? I thought Mile High that's was that's Colorado. Is that? Oh, that is. I'm yeah. sorry, guys. I'm running off of like a little. <laughs> yeah, no. It it I feel it. It, feel, it like Kill and I went there a couple of days ago, and it's just a. It was a nice, friendly environment. Um, you know, they had a bunch of kids' comics and everything, and they had like really fun shows every once in a while. Uh, I saw um, Jonah and. Kumail, not nah, nah, I forgot his name. Yeah. Not gonna work here anymore. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, uh, they had really stand-up. fun stand-up comedy shows, and I think they were like a very important part of the community. You know, because they were very nice. Uh, they let you have a discount if you bring a dog for some reason. That's they like rad. puppies. Yeah. Anyway, that's a bit of sad news. Lots of comic shops closing. Yeah. Uh, Is they, there a particular reason why? They didn't s- uh, specifically say yeah. uh, <laughs> that reason. <laughs> Roger just gritted his teeth. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's save that. Let's save that rabbit hole for later. Right. Sales. It's just, they they didn't say uh, specifically, but they always had like big turnouts for signings and stuff. The last signing I went was Brian K. Vaughn. Like hundreds of people oh, went. Wow. So it, it was like we went on a Tuesday morning it and it was packed. To, you know, management's decisions. Yeah. It could have right. nothing to do it with could, it. I mean, the, the shop could be doing fine and they just, you know, the guy's been doing it for 25 years and wanted to do something else. I don't know. Because they did not give a reason. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. I mean, there's a lot. They, there, there are a lot of things that I think are adversely impacting the comic industry right now and hurting shops. But... Um, they didn't say anything specific. They just decided to bow out gracefully. So yeah, they, you know, it says no hmm. business is easy, least of uh, all one rooted in paper, surrounded by brick and mortar. Uh, yet against all odds, we survived just long enough to host, share, and celebrate some of the most creative and imaginative artists in the world. Uh, I mean, yeah, they've been there since '93, 25, you know, 25 years, uh, and it's and it's a huge bummer because you know they were very important to the community yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, anybody could just walk in there and the the people were really nice and just give you a recommendation on anything really well, is that all the news that is all the news yeah, all right. the only the only other news that i have for for the shop okay. is about the new pool system okay. okay and we're pretty much it's pretty much fully functional now we we have a handle on it the only thing that is is really failing is the email Mm-hmm. Uh, half the pe- it seems like half the people that get emails from us for their polls and stuff, the emails are blank. 
I've seen emails where stuff is repeated like 50 times and it's, it's a complete mess. I'm working on getting, you know, uh, some support for diamond. I think they were closed half the week for snow. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of bear with that, but I'm trying to get the email issues, uh, resolved, um, within the next week or two so hang in there be patient johnny hurry up and urinate Why? i, I literally <laughs> said like 15 minutes ago do you have to go <laughs> do you want to pause it or keep going no he doesn't earn a pause okay <laughs> didn't go beforehand <laughs> <laughs> right i mean that was that was just yeah i know um, he thought about it for a little bit too. he did mm-hmm. he did so now now the listeners have to put up with this <laughs> okay um anyway what's next questions so johnny i know has some from the email i've got a couple that were texted into me i did get i got (laughs) i got ian robbins via blake what figure that out okay just text you (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i ever gave ian my number i probably Uh should so he's been on here like so many times i feel like we should be like bros by now yeah ian's cool shout out to ian Uh, let me find. Well, I'm gonna save that one because that one's kind of. I'm upset fun. with you now. You should be because you had you had to use the restroom. You're upset with John. I was so quiet. <laughs> you were, but you know, I called you out. Yeah, I put you on blast. I literally gave you a warning before the show started. <laughs> anyway, all right. So uh, while you're looking up the 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 question that you got in the email, I'm gonna ask this one from Aaron Candelaria. Oh, what's up, Aaron? What is up, Aaron? Uh, he says, <laughs> he says, I'm reading my first Marvel superhero book, oh. Secret Wars, Old Man Logan. <laughs> that's not a <laughs> that's not a great place to start. Aaron. <laughs> uh, that's what I told him. That's Bendis' uh, book too. Yeah, written by Bendis, art done by Sorrentino, no, and he puts, great. I know, I know, I can already hear, yes, hear the eye rolls from here. I know it's a terrible <laughs> jumping on point. But I'm curious to know if you found anything good to come from Secret Wars. And also, as a new reader to the Marvel Universe, uh, would you consider Secret Wars to be a cognitive read to delve into these characters and their universe? The so, best thing out of Secret Wars was Secret Wars itself. Hickman's run on Avengers and the actual event of Secret Wars was awesome. It was very good. All the tie-ins, give or take. Thor's. Thor's was really good. Yeah. like. Some of them are really good. Some of them are not so good. But the actual event was awesome. Didn't they finally or like? Didn't they do like Doctor Doom some like dope yes. justice? Like, and like Phoenix, some um, Scott Summers and T'Challa mm. with the Infinity Gauntlet. There's so many cool moments. Like, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, like Secret Wars itself was the best part. Of Secret yeah, Wars. I mean it's I like Hickman that. and it's yeah. what what was it? Asad Ribic. Asad Ribic. Oh yeah, Asad Ribic. Well, Doctor so Doom's good. my like favorite Marvel villain, so that's like you know. It was dope. Yeah. So I think it's awesome that they finally gave him like the almighty, you know. Thank you, Roger. And but like there was a the bunch of good tie-ins. Like I specifically like the Inferno one, but like I said, the best part of Secret Wars was Secret Wars itself. So I guess there's your answer, Aaron. Yeah. Jeez, everybody's bringing me snacks. <laughs> I mean, I'll take them. I'm starving. <laughs> and I think another uh, to go to Secret Wars. It's the last time we've really seen uh, the Richards family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. They're, they're, I mean, Marvel 2-in-1, I think they're building you know, that. You know what was really cool miniseries? Thor's. You just said that. Oh, did you? <laughs> My you were bad. in the bathroom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Doing your business that you should have done before the show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Thor's was like uh, I think he pitched it as like a, like a, a cop. Yeah. It's, show. Yeah. It's basically like if if Ultimate Thor was a cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was really good. So um. Sorry. I guess. <laughs> I guess that I hope that answers your question, Aaron. If not, you know who to talk to. Yeah, shoot me a message. Yeah. No. Or <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just kidding. Um, where's Blake? All right. Uh, all right. Probably so from Ian Robbins via Blake. Stuff is beeping. <laughs> all right. Uh, so this is kind of this is kind of fun. Um, Superman has had a lot of horrible powers over the years. If you had to bring one back. Which would mm. it be? Which would it be of the following? Mm. So let me let me preface this real quick. Okay. So back in the day, there was no real continuity in the Superman books no. yeah. when uh, the original creative team was was writing him you and doing the art. It was yeah. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. They were just kind of having a good old time, like whatever power Superman needed to get out of whatever situation, it would just manifest and yeah. be there, like sneezing okay. solar systems away and stuff. Yeah, like that. All, all, <laughs> kinds of, all kinds of goofy stuff. So um, it was it was 1938. You know, there's yeah. like it, there was. It was the first time anybody's really doing this, you know. So it was all bets were off. What's, what's so, wrong, Johnny? You're right. I have breaking news. What? Well, it's five hours old. I just missed it. Um, Boom Studios Giant Days inspires a YA novel, so we're getting a Giant Days. That's YA not breaking novel. news, Johnny. Okay. You could have you could have saved that. It was announced at WonderCon. Okay. So I'm so excited. Your I am so excited. <laughs> so anyway, of the following. He's asking which would you want to bring back, and I have one that he didn't actually put on this uh, list. I'm of course, a little he disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, telekinesis, telepathy, self-duplication, hypnosis, <laughs> ventriloquism, mm-hmm. shape-shifting, or my personal favorite, Ian's, uh, <laughs> firing super midgets from his hands. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ian, you really also happen? forgot the forgetting kiss. Oh. Right. When Lois Lane found mm. out, he just kissed her, and she suddenly forgot who mm. he was. That's such a creepy power. Anyway, that is. Um, I've used it on you a couple <laughs> times. All oh, right. You just yeah. don't remember. You yeah. just don't remember, Johnny. <laughs> is Grant Morrison the one that said? <laughs> <laughs> he just like, floated right over that. I'm fine with it. Uh, is Grant Morrison the one that said that he doesn't need to poop? <laughs> I don't know. This I've was really said? That. Yeah, I think Grant Morrison said that. Sounds that sounds like a Grant Morrison That sounds like a Grant thing. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't have like uh, all right, I'm gonna a butt. I'm going to go with the ventriloquism. Anyway. Yeah, that one sounds cool. Super ventriloquism. Super I remember all these are super <laughs> whatever. Because who doesn't need a good Superman talking puppet, you know? Like, save <laughs> the day every time. That's my answer. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like super midgets. From yeah, that's hands. that's that probably took the cake. That's for the me. most bizarre. They, remember, it was just they were having a blast. They they had oh no real rules God. to follow because it was essentially back then it was creator own stuff. They were just telling their stories. So, so Superman had a bunch of cell juniors. He was just popping off pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Out of his fingers though, wouldn't that hurt? No, he's Superman. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah that makes he sense. Still pain, bro. Yeah. So, uh, we well, can. It just takes a lot. <laughs> uh, I got a question from Frank Candelero. You're not even going to answer that question, Johnny. I I agreed with Matt ventriloquism. Well, but I do like the super. fact that he doesn't have a butt. No, he has a butt. Well, no, can't I don't. Do. I just don't want to say the word, Matt. He doesn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. He doesn't. Well, have what that. if What well, if he what has one? He just that. doesn't. It's not active. Yeah. I don't like. What's now we're well, going down. <laughs> we need to go down. I think the. Well, okay. All right. Let's next. I hope that's yeah, sufficient. Well, I hope that's sufficient, Ian. 
you, you, you should have known you were getting into trouble with that one. Go ahead, Johnny. What What's the new question there? What's the reason for... Never mind. All right, Johnny. Um, so Hard question. Frank Candelero says, Have you guys had any insight on the new Diamond app? Looks like they're trying to replace what Comixology was doing. Uh, and he's referring to um, the uh, Pullbox pull box. app uh, that we... Uh, Is it up yet? No. no. Uh, they said that they're going to have a, um, like, not an announcement, uh, a uh, demo uh, at C2E2. When is that? That's in Japan this year, isn't it? No, Chica- the no. Chicago Expo is in Japan, Matt. No, I was thinking of something else. Sorry, GDC. GDC. <laughs> yeah, Diamond's been no. pretty tight-lipped on it. They they aren't going to reveal anything until C two E two, and yeah, we'll wait and see. Like, hopefully, I, hopefully it's it's good. Yeah, hopefully it's better than well, Comicsology. Yeah, Comicsology set the bar on the ground, it's, so it's not going to be hard to step over it in order to like actually. Do well, better. Well, Comicsology was like the best thing I've ever used ever because yeah, worked all the time. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> yeah. didn't want like to have randomly fifty variants pulled from titles that you never you weren't reading in your pull or all of a sudden. To I'm a series that you never pulled anything from. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, look, it's a, it's totally a first world problem because like, oh my god, this service to help us pull the books we want solely screwed up all the time. I, yeah, but. You know, like I said, they they clearly had some. What did you say? Some front of house, back of house issues. Well, Comicsology. Amazon bought them. They oh, didn't care. yeah, the, yeah. That was back house stuff. Yeah, I mean, programming. I I think they just gave up after a while. Yeah, like they. You know. So I mean, it's not like it's a bad idea. Clearly, Diamond thinks that they can do something similar and, Dude, and better. The the app and the website. From Comixology, the Polis one looked like it came from 2006. Yeah, because Amazon Just bought them really and literally put no money into Polis and all the money into. The reading. only thing that I'm not excited about with Pull Box is the fact that it's another Diamond product because Diamond already has a freaking monopoly on everything comics. Like now we're using their Polis too, so. Eh. Yeah. Well, and it's like you know the the, the Comic Suite uh, program that we we have for our pull system now is a diamond production and there's a lot to like about it and there's there's a lot that I, it's like i can't believe this thing has been in use for 10 years and it's still like this because some of it is just really really yeah. really horrible um and i don't know because supposedly you're going to be able to um you know link your pull box account to our store and be able to <laughs> update stuff <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, make changes. Oh, and, right, man. <laughs> you know, that. special so, special orders. But it's like I I know I know that if somebody comes into the shop or emails with a request, um, I know I can get it right. I know, you know, because there's some there's some little funky tricks on it. Like if you want if you want to, um, just just for an ex- example. If if you want both covers for Doomsday Clock, okay, I cannot take your existing subscription on Comic Suite and open up the variants and add the B cover to your order. I have to delete the entire series <laughs> and reload it in and do both both variant covers. So I know I so know there's no editing basically. Yeah, no. Wow. You can't you can't edit what, active subscriptions. What they you have to, to delete is, it. You you only have one chance and that's when you put it in. 
So if we ever have to make changes to people's pools, if somebody comes in and says, hey, you know what? I want the the Archer variant to Thor 705. We have to delete the Thor series, add it back in, and put the variant. So what what they need to do is they need to have a conversation with the people that actually use it all the time and be like, hey, these features would be great if you add I would assume that they've been having these conversations for 10 years. I'm not sure that the Diamond programmers are capable of changing it because I think that this was done out of of house. Well, even like today with mine, like you ordered me a trade a month ago and it came out this week. It didn't even pull. Right. Like... And I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what what the issue was there. Yeah, uh, part of part of that is has been in this in the transit because we used to do all of our ordering online. For whatever reason, there's a lot of stuff that a lot of orders say over the past year, stuff that hasn't come out that is not being the orders aren't being recognized by Comic Suite, and that's given the fact that we went back and we downloaded. All of our orders for the past year, yeah. everything should be in Comic Suite, but it's not. So we have this kind of transition period where, you know, probably for two months or so uh, or longer, I think it'll, it'll lessen as time goes by, but where we kind of have, we're, it's like we're being weaned off of all the stuff we ever ordered online to the site. Like it only, the only guarantee is if it's ordered through Comic Suite. Then it'll it'll show up, That's should show so up. Weird. But yeah. so there there are some there are some some real peculiarities with Comic Suite, and I think if if they're building an app where then you can make changes, I they've got to fix some stuff in the program that they have yeah. in order to do that. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Okay. There's that's why God made liquor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no other questions. No well, other... Uh, I have a little comment from Nathan Armentrout. Um, oh, that's right. <clears throat> uh, first, he asked you a question. Uh, I'll have to answer that uh, next time, Nathan, or when I see you. Right, 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 right. That's, that's a long. That, yeah, that's classified information now. <laughs> Uh, and the second is a follow-up to the Tom King novel he mentioned last week when he was on the podcast, A Once Crowded Sky. Uh, he finished it this week and would like to recommend it to the listeners in the strongest terms possible. King is an incredible gifted writer and his style goes well beyond run-of-the-mill prose. Uh, not only is it a great superhero story, it also operates on a deeper meta level similar to Watchmen. It touches on how and why comic stories are created the importance of heroes and both the inevitability inevitability and the futility of violence as a solution to problems. Really, really good stuff. God, that was a long word. (laughs) Anyway, thanks, Nathan. Nathan. That sounds sounds like a fun read. All right. Uh, So that's going to bring us to the review section. This week, I am pitching Harley Quinn number forty. Ooh, have fun! By was it Frank Thierry? Yes, and an artist with the last name of Tim's. I had this earlier, but then it all went away. I can't remember who it is. Anyway, yeah, Thierry and Tim's is the uh, is the creative team and I believe the colorist or inker is Sinclair stop it I hate you so much 
I, I, it, I wince every time I turn a page in a DC book to that Bendis is coming ad, and I just, ugh. I really. This is not Colin Bunn writing Superman. I, stop, <laughs> stop, stop right now. Everything I have to say is not for an all ages podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about how I feel right now. I want it to be good. I really do, but time will it tell. Will time will, will tell. I have faith. Um. So this is uh. You know, new creative team on Harley Quinn. Um, the thing that I hate when a creative team does look, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of like the Harley Quinn stuff of the last few years. It's just not for me. Um, but Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti had a certain rhythm, certain cadence. Um, Felt like they knew and, Harley. And, yeah, they kind of took Harley to a new place, which I totally understand why people are all, you know, we're all up on that book. Um, so it always sucks when another creative team comes in and they're either tasked with, hey, you need to keep that going. You yeah. need to do the same thing. Or they try on their own to do the same thing mm-hmm. because it always feels like a, ri- like a ripoff. Right. Um, kind of like, you know, when you have a real Oreo cookie and then you get that dollar store version mm-hmm. and it's just cardboard with, like, toothpaste all right it's not an oreo right harley you know with connor and this is dollar store oreo yeah this is Mm -hmm. essentially this is the dollar store oreo well that's a little mean um it's the great value yeah it's the great value (laughs) (laughs) now the art is really is is fine oof um through most of it Johnny, uh, stop! No, dude, it's, I hate this art. I don't think it's that bad. I, y- you are such a hipster snob when yeah. it comes to this. <laughs> stuff. Leave me alone. Bendis is coming. Um, <laughs> it reminded me a lot of like a certain Marvel comics. Yo, like, man, um, what the hell is up with her face in these? Oh, I know. Pads. I saw that too, and I was thinking, like, what the like? What's up with her nose, man? Her lack of nose. It's like six inches between her like eyes. Right. It's just ridiculous. There's no. There's Those are really the only panels in this book that right. are funky, though. I know, yeah. which is weird. She like, had, like, plastic Well, not really. This one, too. But it the just, majority of it's fine. It just feels like she's a blank doll with a tiny little nub nose and then just eyes six inches apart. Yeah, personally, didn't it really feel like Harley, either, to me. Just the way she was talking and... I don't know. Um, apparent, well, story-wise, apparently something happened with Harley. She was down for the count. Mm-hmm. Uh... Coney Island's being taken over by Mr. Freeze and Penguin, and I I really want to know where this continuity comes into play, because Killer Croc is in this also, and he's on the Suicide Squad along with Harley, so this has to be like some other universe or like a a daydream of Harley Quinn. Well, Roger and I were talking about that before the podcast, somehow it kind of feels like shoehorned in a little bit, you know, with the whole... Yeah, you know, it didn't even hit me that they, you know with them being on Suicide Squad together and like yeah that should have played out a little bit differently it now should've. that I think about it yeah they were both they're both currently in Suicide Squad and Killer Croc has not written anything like that in Suicide Squad I mean Squad. the only personable trait that was in there was she called him like Waylon and that was it like that I mean she called him by his first name but that was really maybe this the is only like years before I mean maybe but even Roger put up a good point you know which is like why is Killer Croc even there like <laughs> well, <laughs> right. You know, it's a reptile, cold-blooded. And he's yeah, trying <laughs> and to fight Mr. Freeze. Right. He's going to be like, no, I'm th- no, I'm good. I'm right. going to Miami. And then he said he was doing it for Penguin anyway, which makes me like, what? Like, 
Yeah. You her, know, like her the, nose. The story's a mess. Mm-hmm. Her nose in every panel that's looking straight on in the whole book is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sideways angles are fine, but the straight on angles, her nose is. Yeah. So it's like Rob Liefeld and feet. Tim's can't draw noses. Oh. I don't know. It, but like every other character look okay. It's just her nose looks weird. Her character that's true. design is like. And it's not in all of them. Well, it's, it's kind of like, it looks like Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I actually was going to say that, but, you know, it's, I see that completely. I don't know. Like, for the most part, I mean, I feel like the art fits the tone of the book. I just, like you said, yeah, it's kind I would of agree. a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the story's a mess. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. And the art, um, the art services the story. Who knows? He could have been trying to make, make do with whatever script was turned in. Uh, like... To me, the story was fine. It just felt like this isn't the story that uh, Frank Thierry wants to write. This isn't like the book that he wants to write. So every time like that Harley talked or any of the really uh, returning characters from Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti's run, it, it didn't feel like those characters. Yeah. It felt like someone trying to write Harley who mm-hmm. probably has not read many Harley books. Right. Um, I would rather, I'm kind of with Jonathan on this. I think, you know, you alluded to this uh, a, a minute ago. If I, I would rather see him make Harley his own. Yeah. And if, you know, instead of trying to follow up on the storylines and plot lines that um, Connor and Palmiotti did, you know, I, I would have much rather him say, "Okay, I want to, I want to write a different Harley. I want to write, you know, my Harley. If I was going to write Harley, it would be this way, whatever." But then to to go in with that first story arc and clean house with what had come before and transition into what he wanted to do, yeah, much yeah. like what it makes me think of uh, Jeff Lemire on Green Arrow in in the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first 15 or so issues of, of that series were not good. And whatever they were doing with Green Arrow was, you know, not sitting with the fans. And so he came in and he was like, he blew up everything yep. and then went to the island yep. with Green Arrow. And, and it was it was a phenomenal run. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it also, so I, I think that they could do that in a book like this. It's like you want to write a different Harley. You want to give her more of an edge. Yeah. You want whatever you want to do. I don't care. But if you don't, if you don't want to write about Coney Island and the gang of Harleys and all this, blow that stuff up. Yeah, blow it up and then tell the story that you want to do. Because I think it's almost it necessary own. at this point. Yeah, it 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 feels like they're a little bit scared to try anything because I mean, because with, this with was his, such a hot seller <laughs> when 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 Palmiotti and Connor came out and did this kind of thing with Harley. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody expected the the response that they got out of that so right. they want to keep that going but what made it so good was that they had a new take on yeah. harley it was completely new for that character and, and it feels weird because like it, it feels like it should be silly and fun and ridiculous uh with this with this little dialogue from killer croc it says so as the saying goes this town ain't big enough for the both of us and if you end it right there that's that's like oh that's perfect that's a dumb little joke but he continues and all that like it's just like uh, a little extra modifier to make sure that it's not as silly. Mm-hmm. And like, come on, it's either you go all the way or you do something completely different. And I feel like they're scared to go completely like crazy um, because they don't want to mess anything up. And I think that's that's just what it is. It, the book is 
okay uh, stories. I, I don't really care for it. I, I do not like the art. But, you know, I feel like with, with what... Uh, Go ahead and rate it at the end of that, Johnny. Yeah, with... That rant. <laughs> uh, Connor <laughs> and Palmiotti had, it, it just seemed to work. Even though, like, maybe I didn't like it as much, it just... I knew that Look, it, it resonated with a yeah, lot of people, definitely. with a large audience. So that tells you, even though it's not necessarily like your taste, it it hit a, a wide audience. Right. It feels like fan fiction Harley. You know, someone's right. trying. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like I That's said, there's Oreo like, and yeah. then there's Great Value Oreo. Right. Uh, this book's a two. Roger. Um, or if you want to add anything. Else. Yeah, no, uh, two and a half for me. Ryan? No, I'll say two. I do. I wasn't really. That was probably my least favorite out of out of the three that I read. Um, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of where Roger rated it two and a half. Also, um, once again, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of. There's some stuff to really like out of Connor and Palmiotti's run. Um, for at least a couple things that I had read out of it, it was just but fun. it just it wasn't my normal, right? You know type of thing that i i read so but this is just kind of like meh they need they, they like you said they need to blow it all up and do something completely different go away from coney island get away from gang of harleys do something new like so. when you look at this cover it just looks fun because it's, well, it's yeah. amanda connor exactly mm-hmm. that's why yeah and you, then you open up the page and you see those noses right yeah. or lack of noses Dear Lord. <laughs> all right johnny right <sighs> okay so sorry um, this week we read Monstrous number 15 by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Um, man, I have no idea how to pitch this book. <laughs> um, I don't know, Game of Thrones with Necromancers? No? Mm-hmm. What is this book? No. I don't it's know. It's a creator owned book. You I should be all about this, Johnny. It's The thing is, we read issue 12, mm-hmm. like back in May, last May. Um, and what issue is this? Well, 15, here's, 15. The, here's the thing. Maiku, mm-hmm. however you say her name, yeah. she she realizes that, okay, there's a vault of, of that this sorceress had created to protect the old technology, right? Uh, whatever that is, the stuff that's still powering the world, and they want, they want to get in there. Nobody's ever been able to get in there, mm-hmm. but they find out that she can because of the the old god that's within her right and so they convince her to go into the old vault um to use the what, what do they what, what do they call the monster the kai it's kaiju but kai, inside her it's just a kai, kaijin i think it's called no go to the front go to the front it'll say right there um right here this is you're talking about the thing that's inside yeah zen but what is it? No, read uh, what he is. A mysterious primordial monstrum, blah, 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 shaman. Monstrum. You are way off mic. Monstrum? I think it's yeah. a monstrum is what Okay. Called. Yeah, monstrum. Um, that he, because he's been around forever, he, he actually, well, he knows the common. I think the sorceress gave him the combination to get into the thing. Right. Yeah. And they were using Maiku to get in there to open up this vault to to tap into this old tech. And then we find out that the little two-tailed kitty cat is a double agent. Oh mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. that was a big. Re- you know, I think you'd you're right. I would be all about this if I was caught up. 
Because this is not an issue to jump in on. No, not at all. No, but it's a pivotal issue too, it is. which yeah, made it. There was so much going on. It was in this book. When so you, when you see the double cat going up to like this crazy cat just sacrificing right. other cats with you know, I love that heads. art. By the way, that art is this. awesome. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, Sana Takeda is amazing. Yeah, I don't. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Oh it's, my God! And then her even like so they want to get now that other I forgot her name like Kippa what's her Kippa. name Kippa Kippa yeah they want to like they're telling the fox Kat, girl yeah they're telling yeah. to get her now and it's like okay and you know man this book is pretty cool I wish I was like caught up on it because everything in here seems so interesting well I would just like to catch up just due to the art the art yeah, yeah. itself the is beautiful so okay so for this is such a weird thing because like or at least for me because. The art is the best thing about this book, in my opinion. Um, I feel cat. I feel <laughs> at times, it's awesome. The way this is written is very bogged down or sluggish, so I have a real hard time getting into it. And if it wasn't for the art, I don't think I would have finished this issue because mm-hmm. I am behind. There's a lot of crap, a lot of water under the bridge, so it makes it very even with the summary. It feels like an old right. fantasy type of writing. Well, it is. Yeah. They're, they're, essentially, that's what it is. Why does but it take so long between issues? What's the deal? I'm pretty that? sure they took a break. They uh, probably took a break, and Sonic Takeda put, looks dude, like she puts like her heart look and at soul. That. And yeah, look at that art, else. man. No, I get it, but for three issues in a year? I mean, I'm like, pretty sure they took yeah. an, a, uh, a break <laughs> for issue 12, and then they just came back three months ago. Oh. Okay. But yeah, so... The, it, <sighs> Every time we read this book, I feel this way, like because the, the the art is always a ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 it's we're pretty. if we're rating it, you know, one through five, it's a ten yeah. mm-hmm. every time. Agreed. It's it's that pretty. Look at these headless the kitties. I, the the thing I always struggle with is getting behind the actual story because I've I've never seemed to come in on an issue that grabs me well enough. So I always feel like I'm working to read the bubbles mm-hmm. yeah. instead of just looking at the pictures and being like, ooh. Yeah, you know. So that's just me. So this book has a really weird place in my my thing, and I'm not knocking it because I know the people that follow this book love this book. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> well, this is kind of funny because I one of the things that <laughs> that I really kind of kept me going to was Maiku. Because yeah. she would be like, you know, somebody would be talking to her, and she's like, "F you." Yeah, yeah. You I know, was, I'm I was, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you got a little attitude, yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually shocked at the profanity. I was like, whoa, yeah. man, this you is don't pretty expect cool. a book that Jeez. pretty to have the kind right. of right, and especially right. such like a pretty girl, like you know, like Mike would just be like, hey, she's yeah, she's gotta, she's a little hard bold, and I'm like, you kiss your mom with that mouth, yeah. right, yeah. young lady. Even uh, like towards the end, she's still going off on on people, man. It's pretty cool, and then. uh what what was the fox girl's name? Kip, Kip, Kippa. 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 Yeah. Um, I mean, she's absolutely innocent and, you know, vulnerable. And right. Say, at least seemingly so. She's very childlike. Right. Um, and then you get, you know that this cat god yeah, or whatever. going after it Kippa wants now. her. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm like, you know, that could, there's, there's enough threads in this book that really make me regret not being current on it and want to read forward so I, I might i might bust through the first two graphic novels and catch up and see yeah but jonathan i agree with you the way it's written right it's heavy read mm-hmm. yeah um there's there is a lot of dialogue from a lot of other characters yeah. and it doesn't really flow and there's so much it's like there's it's so like, much backstory to this universe right it's like jumping that, in on a hickman story like on yes. issue 25 or something right yes 
Right. And it's like, like what is going on? Yeah. But everything's so cool. Um, so I, for me, um, it's four stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely for me. I am digging all those cats, and I should probably read all of it because it seems like my type of book. At least I hope it is. It's just it's very interesting, but it's very dense. Yeah. I give it. I give it three and a half, man. Did I love that it? art. Oh, four. Sorry, yeah. I'm. Yeah, You're good. <laughs> four hours, five hours of sleep. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, I gave it a three and a half just because I don't really know too much about it. I just jumped in on the fifteenth issue, but that art by itself will hold that rating for me. Yeah, um, like I, if I, you know, if I separated everything, like I said, art would be a ten out of five. That's mm-hmm. how good it is. I mean, just and just to give you an idea, um, it's if you're familiar with like an anime, there's a certain anime studio that sh- it, it, that's the closest thing to watching an anime in comic form that you can get, even with all the mangas and stuff like mm-hmm. that that come, you know, out. This to me looks the most like. Holy crap! Like, animation. like actual animation in the way that it's, like I said, the, what's what's her name? Takeda. Yeah, Sana, Sana Takeda. Takeda. She put is she. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She puts her heart and soul into the art. You can mm-hmm. tell. Like she, there's nothing that's haphazard about the art. Right. Um. Yeah, she won a Hugo Award for Monstrous. Did she really? Yeah. Uh, I believe. Yeah, it. it's pretty. And like it's beautiful. So the color I, scheme is beautiful too. Does I she mean, color or does she have a colorist? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, um, she, I either either way, so, so like right. I, I really struggle every time I have to read one of these to read it, but I don't struggle looking at it. Mm-hmm. So I'm real. It, it sounds weird because mm-hmm. it's you know typically you want those two things to go together. But she did the coloring. Sonic Takeda did. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. She's. Yeah. She, that's but see that's what I'm talking about. She puts her heart and soul into this. That's probably why it takes so long too. Probably, man. Because yeah. look at the detail. Like there's so much detail yeah, in every that, panel. Yeah. That big gap between. Yeah, uh, look at issues that. might be because she's just working on issues that entire time so Catch that they up. come out on time. Yeah. I mean, even the like comic is just the, uh, the cover to cover is just beautiful. Yeah, like, right. look at um, this. yeah, even that like little sigil on the back is look, beautiful. Uh, I always struggle with this because it, it's a quality book. I just I have my issues with it. Um, I'll say, it, you know what I'll say cut. four. The art, the art. If I mean, if nobody gives a crap about the dialer, we'll just look at the buy the book to look at the art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- that's one of the few times I'll tell you. About, at least like, do yourself a favor and just or pick look up, up the trades. Mm-hmm. Or, or, yeah. or start like, at the beginning and pick yeah. up the trades. I've, maybe if I started there, I'd like this book a lot more. But being the fact that we've only done issues here and there, I always struggle getting through them. Yeah. Um, it's an but, epic fantasy with necromancers. One more with a lot of like Eastern mythology, yeah. I think, kind of right. stuff and whatnot. And uh, like I said, the art alone is worth your support on this book because this woman just, <laughs> yeah, she knocks it out of the park, mm-hmm. man. Like, like nobody else really. So, um, anyway, Roger, you want Mighty Thor? Tell us yes. about uh, yeah. the Marvel book. Marvel book for the week uh, is yes. Mighty Thor, written by Jason Aaron, art by uh, Russell Dodderman. Oh, right. Um. Jane Foster, mm-hmm. R.I.P. Yes, yeah. Spoilers. Sacrifices, Finally sacrifices happened. herself to save the world. Yeah, well, we're two days in now. Yeah, should have read it by now. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is coming um, out Monday, so almost one week. Yeah, one of the bigger books coming out uh, this week. Man, but um, yeah, Jane Foster, you know, getting down with Mangog mm-hmm. and sacrificing herself to save uh, the universe. Midgard. Yeah, Midgard, Asgard. <laughs> Um, 
this is this is this is a really really good book. Yeah, it was. There's a lot to love about this book. I think um, this is probably one of Marvel's prettiest books. Right. He's so you think so? Okay. You here's Dotterman doesn't do it for me. It's not that it's problem. bad. Here's the problem that I had. This is the problem that I had with it. Yeah, was the art really? Uh, I, li- I like Russell Dotterman. Uh-huh. Okay. This issue, you know, there were I, I came across a lot of panels that seemed like they were just a mess. Like I'm having, Busy. Right, I'm really yeah. having to to look at it to figure out what the heck is going on yep. right here where yeah, you know th- there's so much orange there's so much yellow there's so much you know and i understand asgard is flying into the sun yeah it's hurtling into the sun I but it's, it's still a little ways away right yeah. you <laughs> know it's supposed like you know i think it's supposed to be hectic like in a movie you're not going to see i understand single... yeah I, I get it i understand um, i mean it, it it's supposed it's supposed to kind of represent an epic battle yeah like where there's just chaos and you know um all, all hell breaking loose i i understand he's, a, he's also had better issues of art too yeah mm-hmm. i i agree i understand what he was going for but it there there were there were pages yeah that i really loved and there were pages where i just i thought the art fell short and the coloring um where i i you know, it, right. it, it was uh, through this entire book, it was hard to pick Mangog out. Well, yeah, yeah. because he's yeah. the color of the sun and Asgard's going into the sun. So um, I had a problem with that. The other, the other, the other nitpick that I had with it was these chains, ropes mm-hmm. yeah. of magic, these magic ropes. Right. Where did they come from? I think they were in Asgardia. Where did they come from? One panel. I mean, she's, you know, she's, you know, getting on her, she's getting up from her knee. Okay. And the next panel, Mjolnir is like. They're right there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're right there. See, again, I can't, you know. Lost in the context of the art. Yeah. Yeah, The particles. There's a lot of particles stuff going on. Like. I get like Russell Dodderman has done a lot of the run with right uh, the mighty Thor, stuff, the mighty Jane. Thor Jane mm-hmm. stuff. So he's kind of been the artist for her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. And he's good, but he's not an artist that I really appreciate. And I, that's not to say that he's bad by any stretch because I don't want Just it. Doesn't to, do it for you. It doesn't do it for me. So when I saw, and there's there's a couple of things in here that that work. But I'm with Roger. A lot of the the book for me, panel layout wise, coloring choices, and then just other a couple other little things here and there. Once yeah. again, not bad. Just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Dude, uh, when you start with Jason Aaron's run and he's got Assad Ribic, that's a tough act to right, follow. Right. That's a really tough act to follow. I don't think Assad Ribic's art would fit in this book though, it's well, because it, I feel like Assad Ribic fe- felt said. like a. Um, I'm not saying it has to. Uh, yeah, it was fantasy, fantasy yeah. type of uh, book style type of thing, and this just feels cosmic. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's and fine. I'm not saying Assad no. There Ribic was plenty has of to. cosmic. There was, yeah, there was. in Assad Ribbix too. But I think it, Assad Ribbix would kill it on yeah. the story. The Mighty Thor has more cosmic right. than fantasy. 
I mean, th- like when think of like I don't so, know. Now of, that I think about it, because there's a lot of time travel with the three Thors. Right. There's the whole like sp- future space Thor. I'm not like it's not. that was Johnny's point. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of the best art I've seen in a Marvel comic book. Is that I think Asad Ribic could do this story, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, from my personal point of view, I get that this is Asad probably as much as Asad Ribic or um. Russell Dodderman's baby as it is uh, Jason Aaron because they, they're doing yeah. the Jane story. Mm-hmm. I, I can but for me, it following Asad Ribic on Mighty Thor, or on, uh, what was it? God of Thunder. God of Thunder. Right. That's tough to do, mm-hmm. no matter if you're doing this version of Thor or that version of Thor. Asad Ribic had a certain quality that just works mm-hmm. for Thor yeah. in the way that when you look at Jason Aaron you're like that dude looks like a Viking he should yeah. be like Thor See, yeah. right. I, I, lo- <laughs> I, I love the way I, I actually really love the way that this looks even though it is hectic you can like if you pay attention you can kind of clearly tell what's going on right here you know Thor's cutting off a uh, Mangog's limb uh, and then you know they're by the uh, little armory uh, place and yeah that's very hard to see but like the amount of detail that he hid uh Dowderman hid away that um you probably won't notice on a first read through uh is is pretty darn great because i mean the armory is over here then you get the you know mangog touching down and you know she's close to the armory that's where the ropes come in from but see this spread was one of the ones that really was kind of like what's going on no, here i get it me. also scripting to well yeah, them, you know? yeah but i mean Take into account, this is still Jason Aaron. Yeah, That's it's not like I, he changed up like his whole. Well, cool. I've been a fan of Dodderman since he did the Cyclops series and his first thing at Marvel, and like I've been a big fan since. Yeah, and that's but, fine. Once again, I, I don't mean to come off no. as me bashing Dodderman because Dodderman's a good artist. Well, I, 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 I can just, see where your complaints are coming from because I I think I complained uh, about the Invincible issue where they were fighting on the sun. Uh, like that this. was so much better. The coloring in that issue made that work. It was all so orange. Much no. <laughs> well, I was saying that it was all you, you downplay that. Like that's how you color a fight on the sun. This art it was though, all orange. <laughs> like I think is we're we're getting a lot higher standard though. Because not to say like because the next run of Thor we're getting Mike Del Mundo I think, which not to say that he's bad, but his style is completely different than the hyper detail realistic type. And yeah. Not kind of looking forward to that. I, I mean, maybe that's what maybe that's what Jason Aaron's trying to do on each of these Thor runs. He's trying to punctuate it with a certain mm-hmm. very that's specific true. artist. That's a good point. I mm-hmm. absolutely love this issue. I, yeah, I, I don't. Okay, okay. Well, I we've too. talked a lot about how it looks and not a lot right. about the content in terms right. of the story. Right. It was pretty there's, impactful. There's, the, I will say, the story itself very good. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason why it's very good. What do we want to? I mean, we've kind of alluded. I mean, it, the, the, the I said it in my pitch. Right? Death, yeah. of, <laughs> death so, of Jane. Yeah, right. You know, um, the yeah, the final. This cover's so good. It that is. I think is that good. cover is beautiful. But see, that cover is deceiving. It is. When you see that, that's and you don't, hard. you don't get. <laughs> right, that. and that's a this variant, variant, right? Yeah, that's a variant. Oh, that's yeah. A, well, either way, it's yeah. still very deceiving. No, but I mean, like. <laughs> I, oh okay, so God. that scene at the end this where when so she's good. dying, because the whole point is, is like if she goes, if, if Jane becomes Thor again, she's she gonna die, die. because yeah. of the whole cancer thing and all that. She's been right. neglecting when her chemotherapy. She can't turn back. So when she does everything and and fights Mangog and whatever, and her and Thor uh, kiss at the end of that, and then she the the Thor powers start going away, and it, she's just the cancer patient version of Jane, and then like 
everything explodes and oh, he shows so up beautiful. at the end holding Jane in his arms. Yeah, I was that like, was... oh my god, that's just yeah. That last that panel that last me. that last page was was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And then it shows you the cover for the next one, and that yeah. one was even like, oh. Uh, yeah. Issue left of the yeah. Thor. And we're gonna review that one too, yeah. because yeah. that to me, I think that that's the issue that's Full really circle. gonna right. Yeah. To how, have how he becomes worthy again. I I don't think maybe he's going maybe to. not because I think what I think the next issue is Jane Foster at the gates of Valhalla. Mm, and yes. so I don't, I don't, I don't know how much from here Thor to is going to be. Again? Like, come on, yeah, I. <laughs> but it's not Mjolnir. Well, in Avengers cover, he has Mjolnir. No, he doesn't. He has someone uh, another hammer on the cover of Avengers. Yeah, I think Look so. Yeah, it's anyway. like an axe hammer. But like yeah, we'll, we'll review that too. Was... I think that the next book is going to have even more. Yeah, uh, more emotive punch. Mm-hmm. I I wish. We didn't have to get rid of uh, Jane mm-hmm. Thor because she's... Johnny, it's Marvel. Yeah, I know. Give it six <laughs> months, if that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is this. these story arcs have been my favorite since, you know, God Bomb and God Butcher. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... Uh, Jason Aaron uh, with Jane Foster has reinvigorated the Thor title. And if she has to go, then I think this issue is a fitting one to go on. You know... Thor, uh, well, the Odin son, uh, Odin and what's her name? Freya? Mm-hmm. Can't Freya. even Lady take Freya. Yeah. Okay. Frigga? I don't know. Frigga, Frigga. I would say Freya, but. Freya? That's how yeah. I saw it. They is. can't take Mangog. And then, you know, uh, Thor, Jane Foster just shows up. Which I still don't understand how all that works. Like, somehow actual gods can't fight, like, the angry but immortal. They're not worthy. They can't hold the hammer. Eye roll. That's a little yeah. bit of an eye roll for me. That's, it really is. It's fine. I get it, dude. Because comics, I understand. <laughs> right. I understand. There's a lot of because comics. It's the story that Jason Aaron wants to tell. But when you go and set up rules from previous issues, and then you make new rules that inval- invalidates the old rules, and so it's almost like you're just. I don't kind think of, so. I think Jason Aaron set those because you like this book, Johnny, no, well, and that's well, fine. No, but th- that's the thing. Like, I think he set the rules when. Um, you know, she became Thor. Is like nobody else is worthy. No, because those were new rules. Well, yeah, those are new rules. And Once again, you're, invalid- you're invalidating the old ones that you've and already. And he's following used. And these new rules. When you do that, it makes everything really murky. Yeah. It's like, why do we have any of the gods at all? What point does? Uh, you're on Mangog's Asgard- side, aren't you? Huh? You're on Mangog's side. How, no, how I wanted you to get killed. Asgard, get out of Oklahoma. That's how. <laughs> that's that's a great story, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's what is that after? Is that siege? Is that after uh, siege? No, before siege. Before siege. Well, yeah, in because Thunder, in siege, still... when when Norman Osborn attacks, that's right. Asgard with Sentry. Right. It's in Broxton, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Also, like that's where Thor restored Asgard. That's such a great story. Also, you're not but really getting as of God of Thunder. It's still in, As- in Oklahoma. Is, is it really? I think so. Maybe. Yeah. I, I also I, I don't think wrong. that you're getting uh Thor like just completely Maybe. obliterating Mangog. It it's just that she's kind of smarter. Like she throws him into the sun once and Odin's like, Why didn't I think of that? Well, yeah, because you're you know No, I don't think idiot. that that's a great idea. That's what Thor did to the sentry and sentry survived. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. You know, kind of. 
I mean, yeah. Well, you well, know, like Mangog raises the point. I'm that sorry, Mjolnir's not going to be destroyed by mm-hmm. being in the sun. No. Right. Neither is Mangog. Right. So, yeah. like, Mangog raises the point that you know the gods are you know prideful and whatnot, and uh, Jane makes it a point that you know you're not getting beat by a god, you're getting beat by more, me, yeah, a mortal. mortal. Which, yeah. Well, I, mean, I just think everything a in this that book has the power of the gods. Yes. Right. Yes. Correct. She's worthy. She is worthy. <laughs> I, it's just so, it's such wordplay and semantics that I think that's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. We're just dancing around everything that we had that had come previously that was kind of concrete just so that we can have this fight and have it kind of loosely make sense. And look, I understand because comics, it's the story he wants <laughs> to tell. Okay. That's perfectly fine. But, and there's a lot of people that really love this book, love that. For me, there's a couple of things that I'm like, mm, you're playing fast and loose on some stuff. That's just me personally. Well, I think he decided early on what the moral of his story was yeah. going to be. Right. And he was working And I think he that. executed it well. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you want to tell that moral of that story, he executed it really, really well. Because he, yeah. he, he had some great storytelling with her. Yeah, I, I, Absolutely. I, I love it. I think he really elevated the yeah. status of uh, taking her a sip from your mason jar. This. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, personally, I can't wait for Odin's son to be worthy again. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm looking forward to that. Not that Jane's not good, but yeah. Thor should be Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna miss her. Anyway, um, everything works for me perfectly in this book. You know, I. I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. Probably not all the way caught up. No, definitely not. But I I love it. It's it's a five for me. Awesome. Uh, four and a half. Ryan? Couple four and a half for me. This is my first jump really into Jane Foster, and I really – Oh, man, uh, yeah. the last one. <laughs> and I, uh, I really felt the impact still, you yeah. know. I thought it was – just but you, you've like known she's been like, right. Kind of got the. Juice. I mean, I know her backstory, but I haven't really read any of this run by Jason Aaron. You know what I mean? But besides, the I don't God think Jason. Read Aaron, I read God of Thunder, yeah. and the, like the God Butcher and stuff. Like I don't that, think Jason Aaron's ever going to stop writing Thor at this point. I think he's he just has a master plan, man. Yeah, I think his beard gets longer with every story arc. I'm waiting for him to actually like just start like. He's doing full on like. You know, trying to go to Valhalla. Mm-hmm. He, he's doing to Thor what like Jeff Johns did to Green Lantern, basically. Mm, now we're gonna get into yeah. that next. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm with Roger. I'm gonna say four and a half. Um, very very good, uh, very impactful, uh, especially the last few pages. The last few pages are just uh, yeah. heart wrenching. Yeah, seeing um, her without the god powers and seeing her just yeah, seeing um, how it all fades away and all that yeah. like there's there's some there's a lot to love in this book despite you know my my few reservations about uh, certain elements of the story and whatnot. Your Marvel bias. Well, I think as Disney good as bias. as good as this kidding. book, <laughs> as good as this book was, I will I will bet money that the next the issue next one's gonna be good. Is yeah. is gonna be an all time classic. Yep, mm-hmm. it'll be one of those one of those like forever like yep. kind of known issues so stay wanna, tuned i think i want to keep that cover it's a really nice cover it's beautiful yeah and well whoever whoever wins the the trivia for this week will get the stanley lau art germ variant cover excellent so yeah, gorgeous all right is there anything you guys read this week that you would wish you would have been able to review i haven't even picked up my poll this week sadly it's the first time in like five years i didn't pick up my poll on a wednesday I read I read Avengers. I can't say I would 
I would ra- I, I I am totally happy with reading Thor. The only other book that I've managed to to get out of the way this week was Avengers. It's great. Okay. Yeah. That's it's super it's great. Surprising too, since it's a weekly book. Like, yeah. That's crazy. It it reminds was it better me better than the last one we did. <clears throat> yeah. Sweet. I think yeah. There's a lot going on, and because I thought the last one was good. Um, this one I I really really enjoyed a lot, and and I realized today that you know when I read that, it reminds me of when I was a kid reading Avengers. You know, it That's was just good. action. Yeah, it was action packed and fun, and and a lot going on, a lot of suspense, a lot. You know, it's like, ah, oh, what's going to happen next? Um, Can't wait to read it. It's really good. It's really really good. Sweet. Anybody else read anything? Yes. Here we go. Fire, are, are you going to do your thing, Johnny? Yes, I am. One book. Come on. One book, Johnny. All right. So I read Iceman Volume One, Thawing Out. That's not uh, a book. It's a book, Matt. It's one book. Leave me alone. Uh, did you read it this week? Yes, I did. Nice. It's, it's by uh, what's that? This Wednesday. Uh, or it was since Wednesday? Thursday. Yesterday. Yes. <laughs> I'll allow it. Did you start <laughs> reading it yesterday? Uh, Wednesday. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> gonna put so, tighter parameters on this. Got to lock this down. So yeah, it, it's by uh, <laughs> it's by Cinna Grace and Alessandro Vidi, uh, and um, it's the story of Iceman and how like he's in the world. Johnny, just just cut right. to the chase, man. All you right. don't have to like I'm, pitch it. <laughs> hey, man, I'm g- l- let me do my thing. Because this is a graphic novel, right? Yeah, it's a it's a great uh, pickup. Anyway, this is a down to earth Iceman story. No. No, not at all. Yeah, so in a world where uh, people are being more accepting of mutants and uh, people in the LGBTQ uh, community, um, Iceman still has to tr- struggle with his parents not being okay with a mutant and mm-hmm. his Him. coming out to his yeah. parents. Right. And it is a beautiful story. And I believe Cinna Grace is part of that LGBTQ community and writes Iceman and his struggles just perfectly. And I would highly recommend it uh, to anybody because you will kind of understand the struggles uh that these um that uh people go through like when, i said when coming out to parents who hate basically everything that makes you you being a mutant and you know being gay and Cinna grace he just does an amazing job and uh you know it's obvious why it's nominated for so many awards and god marvel why do you cancel good books anyway like i said it was a down-to-earth iceman story it's not an action it's actually story. It, it's it, like it, about him and his life yeah there's some action it's really good there's some action yeah i oh it's such a good book next up you're precious johnny um Thank all you. right so uh that was <laughs> facetious uh we have our highlights for upcoming the upcoming show so yeah. for marvel we are going to be reading daredevil number 600 nice this is next week is going to be really ambitious given the week that's come out we'll yeah yeah we'll do our best yeah um, these books? are huge books. Yeah, and that is Ron Garney, who's been on um, since number one. Since well, since number one well, of of uh, thirty for six hundred issues. <laughs> I think it's around thirty something right now. Actually, yeah, yeah, the real number, the real number. Um, who's the writer? Oh my god, Charles. Soule. Charles, jeez, yeah. I could not think of that dude's name. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Charles Soule is going to be continuing the series, but it's Ron Garney, the artist that he started that series with. It's his final issue. There's so. only a couple more issues until May. Which yeah. Is that an Uncrustable? Hell yeah, dude. Did you bring enough for everyone? I did not. 
Can't eat snacks unless you share. Shame you on you. <laughs> you already gave me chips. The only reason I'm not eating is because they're loud and Matt would kill me. Um, like, I've had Larry came in and said he didn't like it when you go away from the mic. So, I'm just saying. Oh, man. <laughs> I always feel so disappointed when I, like, disappoint Larry. Um, I anyway. tell you this all the time. <laughs> I know. But Larry said it. <laughs> but Larry actually said it. Now I feel bad. Um, anyway, uh, next week from D.C., we have... Uh, this is where things get a little, you know, wonky. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal number six of six is what we're slated to review, which we probably will review. But at the same time, Doomsday Clock number four. Let's do both. No. Well, what, what Doomsday Clock number six is the official book that we're reviewing. And if anybody wants Doomsday to. Doomsday Clock number six? Uh, excuse me. Dark Knight's Metal number six. Is the, the official, official book. review book, and anybody that w- on the panel that wants to read Doomsday Clock, we'll uh, we'll we'll touch on that as yes, well. I'm going to need that for next week. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and then for indie next week, um, not not a whole lot's coming out, but Saga number fifty, and Excuse that means you, MLP. Stop it, John. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> months have gone by and you just now decided to hop on that joke yeah I dropped off a long, a long while ago <laughs> anyway um, so this means like Vaughn is like what into his final four story arcs no two this this starts trade nine but he does if, five or six because he's, he's we're, six is he going to 60 I think it's 60 right? mm-hmm. he usually hits 60 okay but with so a book named two. Saga I don't know that he will well i thought when he first like when it first came out he said it's going to be 60 issues i don't think that's confirmed no i thought he said that oh why the last man was and then um the one before that was right uh why the last man's incredible by the way based off of where it was when i last read saga i don't know how he's going to wrap it up in 10 issues yeah in 10 issues because um i the i was under the impression that unless he does another time jump yeah. Because so far we had baby Hazel, we had child Hazel, maybe we get teenage Hazel. I don't know. It would make sense to have those three volumes like that. But, I, yeah, I don't know how you're going to do in two story arcs. Because well, they're at the point where they finally, like, settled, right? Yo, I'm calling it here. I think Hazel's a, a ghost, the narrator Hazel. I've said no. this before. I, I, I've right. heard that theory, too, but I just... That'd be that'd make me so angry following yeah. that series for I so long. I have a long. grievance real quick though yep. about Dark Knight's Metal. Oh no, you, no! <laughs> Wait, I want to hear this. No, <laughs> why, DC? Why are you putting out the tie-in book as a trade paperback, but all the other Dark Knight's collections are coming out hardcover yeah. first? Like, come on, come be- on, come be- on! Because they know me. But like, <laughs> the, the, like the Justice League issue. Are you Batman, kidding? You're gonna have such a problem with that too. That one's not Gotham Resistance cover. is a soft cover. Gotham Resistance isn't going to make and, it. But Batman collection. Lost, Hawkman Found, the Justice League tie-ins. Are those all, all trade? In the paperback. Oh, they're all in paperback? No, they come collected in a paperback. The Resistance, where all the other collections like Damn it. are in hardcover. You have you have two hardcovers and a three hardcovers. Okay, yeah, Road to yeah. right, Road to Cuz I don't metal. need Gotham Resistance. I mean, that is probably the 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 least crucial yeah, part of that. Yeah, but it's that, that one, and it's Bats Out of Hell, and uh, it's... And it's Batman Lost, yeah. Found. They're all in the paperback, but the rest of them are coming yeah, I'm just saying, cover. you're going to have three hardcovers and one... Paperback. Red-headed stepchild. 
That's so frustrating. My apologies <laughs> to all the redheaded stepchildren out there. <laughs> That's fine. I'll you know they need love too. I guess. But like, I guess if I need on, to, come on, like do one or the other. Yeah, I'm surprised that they're not doing that as a hardcover first. But I think they're all coming out within a week of each other. Well, Roger looks like all <laughs> been doing all of those as they come out. <laughs> um, sure. All right, I think that's it for yeah. for highlights and all that. So. We're going to get over to our graphic novel now. So, Ryan, mm-hmm. pitch us our graphic novel. And did you pick this? Yes, I did. Okay, so after your pitch, tell us why you wanted to review it. All right. Because we'll Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's basically the gist of it. But, uh, all right, jump in. I might butcher this, so jump in at any point if I need assistance. But, uh, basically, Jeff John and Ivan Reese's uh, legendary run, this is basically them going back to the origin of Hal Jordan and adding in a couple seeds that would later be in Darkest Night, right? Yep. Blackest, Blackest Night. Blackest Night, my bad. And uh, basically, we get we get what happened with Abin Sur, his death, and then we find out that his death was due to a now, it was, I don't even know what to call atrocite is, but basically a, a monster, right? Atrocitus? Atrocitus, such atrocitus, yeah. whatever yeah, he it's is. Yeah, atrocitus. The, the Red Lantern. The Red Lantern. Before he's a Red Lantern. Before, right. And he he's the one that kills Avancer, and then you kind of see the uh, the beginnings of Sinestro, which is the legendary friendship in this run between Sinestro and Hal Jordan. And you see them kind of team together for the first time to find out what happened to Avancer, and then basically go about dealing with uh, atrocities? Atrocities. Okay. It's basically a modern or more updated retelling of Hal Jordan's origin. Right. That's what I'm saying. But it also... Blackest Night Seeds. Blackest Night Seeds because Jeff Johns clearly had a plan when he was doing this. (laughs) Right. And um, shout out because I think uh, it says Roseman, California in here. (laughs) You know, it's got Edwards Air Force Base. Edwards Air Force Base. Yeah, he works at Edwards. Right, right. So I... I uh, There's actually an older issue of the New 52 run when Black Hand comes back where they say he touches down in Palmdale. Oh, yeah, I, did, I do remember that. Was, that. That was pre-New 52. And yeah. starts killing everything. Yeah. And I was like, seems, seems about right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, um, seems about right. But uh, in my opinion, uh, Jeff Johns and Ivan Reese, right? That's how you say his name? I, That's uh, what we're going with. Yeah, I don't know if it's Yvonne, Ivan, but uh, basically That's in my... You're stuck on Ivan. <laughs> uh, Ivan, Yvonne, I don't know. Not but Rice? N- maybe. Reese, Reese, Reese right? Rice? I don't know. I just thought it was Reyes, but... Yeah, I'm white, so right. We'll just go with that Ivan guy. Reese. Yep. We'll like go with I, Ivan Reese. No, it's just funny that you have trouble with the first thing <laughs> instead of the last one, where hey, everybody man. has that. Well, because I have heard Yvonne also, mm-hmm. but I mean, we don't know him. We don't you know, know him. Yeah. Which his art, by the way, is absolutely beautiful. I love his. I love his art. I feel like uh, Jeff Johns and Ivan Reese kind of redefined Green Lantern in this way that is kind of unparalleled. You know, even. Even with modern Green Lantern, to me, you know, Venditti's. It's still good, but right. not as good. Right, and y- you were the one that put me onto it because Matt's been telling me for years, you know, you need to read The Blackest Night and blah blah blah. So, eventually, like sometime last year, I ended up, I ended up just picking up one book and I ended up just binging it. Because I have them all. Y- yeah, he he has the whole collection, so I ended up just binging it. And um, the reason why I picked Secret Origin is because I feel like that's a good jumping on point to find out, you know, what's going on with Jeff Johns and the way he's writing Hal. And, you know, so you, if you didn't know Hal's origin before, you get that and a little more, which is a setup to his big, big epic. You one know. of the best events ever told. Which, in my opinion, this is by f- one of the best runs in DC I've ever read. 
period is that 10 year run about 10 year run with yeah. jeff johns and him. yeah that makes sense uh when did this book come out 2008 no this is like 2006 blackest night was 2008 yeah that sounds about right anyway uh yeah i was just wondering where like this when when did this come out like during his green lantern run halfway to blackest night it came right. out in 2008 this right. yep did the, the oh, that graphic no. novel graphic novel it. came out in 2010 did it really yeah that's weird because blackest night was 2008 maybe it was the the maybe run before wasn't. blackest night you know what? It Ori- was originally published in single magazine form, twenty nine to thirty five, two thousand eight. Yeah, it was this one. Then it was Agent Orange. Then it went straight into Black Knight. That hmm. was the order. Okay. So maybe this was early, two thousand eight, and Black Knight was the yeah. end of two thousand eight. Yeah, I was wondering if like people should jump on this first and then go and order, or how do? You, well, I think so, I think so. I mean, I I personally like this because like the idea of the color spectrum might just seem like a little too much, and th- you know, especially considering like Green Lantern's original origin, like for him to kind of plant those seeds of you know like the color spectrum and Atrocitus basically becoming, you know, Rage or the uh-huh. Red, right? You know, so I feel like you know he kind of planted those seeds so that we're not like, hey, how come the the color spectrum wasn't in the or- his origin originally? You know, so it was kind of him going back, t- yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he definitely was smart to go, you know, to redo an origin to kind of show um, that this that there were seeds of of this, How things you know, fit. at the beginning. Um, yeah, and and this is actually probably a good one to read first before mm-hmm. going to Green Lantern Rebirth. Right. Yeah, you I, absolutely could. Um, and then you, you, you know, the the thing. I've read a lot of this stuff out of order, and the good thing is, is the way that Jeff Johns has done his run on Green Lantern, it's it's not imperative that you do it all chronologically. A few things, um, but you don't need to. Yeah, I, but I, but even then, he does a really good job of telling a succinct story. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other like things that maybe you might not get. You'd have to like ask somebody or, or kind of look up a reference to or whatever. But I mean, that's. It's that's not that's a lot. Just comics period, you could you could read Blackest Night by itself. You could yeah. read Sinestro Corps by itself. You could read this by itself. Especially this is an origin. This would be yeah. perfectly fine. Um, and if you didn't know, like, you know, reading Green Lantern Rebirth, that Hal Jordan had been out of the game, and that for a long time, yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, Jeff Johns was responsible for resurrecting and redeeming Hal Jordan. You know, if somebody didn't tell you that, you really wouldn't know because of how well green lantern rebirth is written yeah um so i yeah guys do yourself a favor just i think come to roger and get like the three volumes of jeff johns's omnibus run just order (laughs) right okay it's totally it's i'm not joke i'm not i i it sounds like i'm exaggerating but it's it's totally worth having it's a solid run it's the best green lantern run ever in my yeah, this is I, true, and it's one of the best runs in comics ever. I, I agree completely. I don't normally agree with Jonathan, but I agree with him on this. This is probably the best Green Lantern run ever. I feel like with this book, you can, with someone someone being interested in Green Lantern, I feel like you can hand them this book and they'll, you know, not be caught up, they but just understand. Yeah, uh, easy to fall in love. Right, I mean, and I gotta I gotta just do a shout out to Venditti since he's leaving the title yeah. soon, but. Venditti's run also almost just as good. Uh, Jeff, let me put it this way: Jeff Johns praised Venditti's run, saying that he 
has enjoyed reading like Green Lantern as a fan yeah. Vin Didi's run. So if Jeff Johns likes what you're doing in that sandbox mm-hmm. after he built it, his bar was high and Vin Didi hit. The yeah, bar. and so and this goes back to that whole thing with Harley Quinn. Yeah. Vin Didi didn't try to do Jeff Johns. Yeah. Vin Didi just did him right. himself. Yeah. Like he he wrote the stories that he wanted. To, he wasn't trying to follow in Jeff Johns' footsteps, and well, he, I'm and sure he, he understood also had, uh, a good like. Uh, foundation to yep. build mm-hmm. good stories from Johns. And mm-hmm. so there's been a lot out of, I mean, since he started in the New 52 and carried on through uh, Rebirth era, DC Universe Rebirth era, um, Green Lantern, that's been fantastic. So, I mean, there, they, if you're a fan of DC's cosmic side, this is a good, good place to start. Jeff Johns, Green Lantern, and then go into Vin Yeah, because it's so, probably going to change real soon. I don't know. Did they announce a creative team? Not that I know of. I'm so sad. Mm. But then again, Vin Diesel's taking over Hawkman. So that yeah, that's be, a good mm-hmm. trade. That could be cool. Which I also think that Sinestro should be praised too. The reinvention, like the way he wrote Sinestro and the what their dynamic the with each other. Of right, because even I mean, you know, I'm not gonna not gonna get too much into it. But even by the end of it, you really the end of his run, you really feel the, the weight. complexity yeah. of that relationship. Right, and it's such a complex relationship, but. It's almost like he planted that seed, not for like just the color spectrum to be explained later, but also to bring Sinestro and Hal Jordan to a common ground of okay, we got to find out who did this to Abin. Yeah, they you know, to work together. Right. So they kind of are forced to work together, and you kind of see that first dynamic kind of flourish, and you see where it comes from. And it's there's it's um, awesome. this is like a major spoiler out of Jeff Johns's run um, from the final issue on Green Lantern that the he end. did the end, but. And it just it harkens to the whole thing you're saying about the complexity of their their relationship is um, it goes into the at one point where um, uh, Hal and, and Sinestro are talking. And this is after all the water under the bridge with with those two characters. There's a lot that happens through his run with them. It's like the mm-hmm. future stuff. Right. Uh, not quite. Not quite. Okay. Not quite. I, it, I don't think it flashes for it. It's been a while since I've read it, but it, this is one of the things I loved about that issue is when Hal is actually asking Sinestro, he's like, dude, were we ever friends, you know, because Sinestro effectively trains Hal Jordan, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, Just and Just as is his mentor, Sinestro yeah. is Hal's and, mentor. and they end up becoming like these bitter enemies, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, through everything because of, and it's not, and what makes Sinestro so good and, and, and whatnot in terms of being a villain is that, He's not just I'm evil for the sake of evil. He's a lot more complex. He has a very mm-hmm. strict set of beliefs, and um, the it's written in a way that it's just kind of like, man, like I get why it's totally heinous and wrong, but like you get why anyway. Well, because he believes he's bettering the universe doing. What yeah, exactly. Doing. It's 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 good it's for the, the greater good. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, there's a line in, in the final issue of Jeff Johns' Green Lantern run where he's talking to Sinestro, and he's like, were we ever even really friends, you know? And, he, and Sinestro's, and this is, this is what I love about how Jeff Johns wrote him. He says, well, that's the greatest tragedy of, of this whole thing, Jordan, is that we never stopped being friends. Yep. You know, and that really, like, makes mm-hmm. how complicated that relationship is with those two characters really really work right yeah because even sinestro as much as he hates because there's times where he just hates hal jordan Mm -hmm. but he he's there's still that amount of respect that that he has for hal jordan and he deep down he still considers him 
right. a friend. Right. You know, and that's hard to pull off. He did with, it. With, he did it. <laughs> you know, a villain and a hero. Yeah, but yeah. you could kind of see the complexities in Secret Origin as oh, well. Oh, yeah, he's, you know? bu- he's building that. Yeah, because you see Sinestro at first being like, you're, you know, Jordan, you're pathetic, you know, you're, you're, you're terrible with this, but then also you're seeing him, like, also train him and start to admire Jordan in a way, you know, because... But Jordan, they, yeah, because then how how like stands up to the Guardians? Right. And it's, it's like... Who are you? Yeah, you know, well, I, I we love that. You? I love that part where he says, you know, you're going to have to, in, in more or less ways, they say, like, you're going to have to respect your elders and, and basically just serve us. And he said, that's not going to fly with me. You know, Hal just mm-hmm. immediately says that, like, we're going to have an issue then. That's not going to fly with me. Mm-hmm. And it just, it kind of just, I don't know. Jeff Johns has this way of just. I really feel like he loves these characters so much. I read interviews of other writers like like spectating on uh, Jeff Johns making this whole run, and they said that he would hardly sleep. He was always writing, and every time he'd call them with a new idea, stoked, stoked about it. Like You just kind of feel like this is a super fan that's also an amazing writer just doing what he loves with the character he loves. No, I don't think anyone has written Hal better than he has. I don't think anybody can. <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, to be honest with you, like the, I would have never thought I would have a Green Lantern story as great as what you know what that that run. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Rate it. Yeah. Oh, rate it for me. Uh, I'll get. I'm gonna just give it just uh, in context, just by itself. Secret Origin. I'll, I'll give it a. I'll give it a nine out of ten. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we only go to five. But you can say a nine. That. Okay. Okay. Four we'll go four and a half out of ten, or out of ten, out of ten uh, five. But if I went, if I were going to go to this whole run, it's undeniable that that that'd be ten out of five for sure. Yeah. Ten out of five, no all doubt. All right. <laughs> yeah, this was five out of five for me. I, I I loved it. I loved all of the 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 staging and and play setting that he did for for Blackest Night and everything else that came after it. I mean, it was it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, even though I, I don't like um, some of the stuff that he did with the Green Lanterns, I don't like the emotional spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't... Oh, den- uh, Matt, be quiet. Yeah. Let me talk. Let me talk. <laughs> I roll emoji <laughs> times five. Um, you know, I can't deny that Jeff Johns did one of the best, um, you know, Green Lantern runs. And reading this book, I can't find anything wrong with it. It's just... It's fun and interesting and uh, amazing, and I'm completely engaged. And it just seems like he's having fun writing it, exactly. and that's what I want to see in books. You know, right. uh, I I I love this book. It's a five. Mm-hmm. Yep, five for me. Easy. Jeff Johns is on the title. Especially it's like gonna be anything, five. It's not only that's Jeff Johns. It's Jeff Johns Green Lantern. Like we've all said a million times. Like it's just it doesn't get any better than Jeff Johns on right. Green Lantern. All right, let's play some trivia. Maybe Bendis on Superman would be better. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to shank you. I'm going to shank you. So. Oh, my yeah. God. Never again will I talk that much crap about a writer on air because that is just the universe or God, like God's sense of humor. Well, this thing, you talk like, crap about Bendis, but you like Bendis stuff. Unlike I do like Colin some Bendis Bob. stuff. I want good Bendis. Yeah. I don't want crappy arrogant ego bendis who's gonna put his whole freaking name including his middle name on the like brian michael bendis writes superman in small like, letters like, like i was saying the cb though, check it at the door man even give him a shot. no the, the, I, you know what i did realize as after we were talking about that that there was a couple issues that he wrote of trinity that were actually good but i think it's because he had to stick to like the continuity that was going on he, had, he was on he, stuff, yeah. yeah he had he had a very short leash in that duration <laughs> I, i'm sorry i did this 
You should be. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, covering uh, last week first, uh, I wanted to know what uh, Veronica's full name was. Uh, Veronica Cecilia Lodge. Yes. Which got a lot of responses. Right. So thank you guys. Winners from last week. This is RNG. So. Random. It's what? Random. Oh, gotcha. Random number generated. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, for the comics last week, David Modell, congratulations. Congrats, David. Uh, good books coming your way. And for the hardcover, uh, Bryce Smith, congratulations Bryce. again. Two weeks in a row, Johnny's worried that he's going to get hate mail. Yeah, I, I literally kicked generate a number, and it was like two. Was like, yeah. Oh, that was Bryce. It, hey, you know. Hey, no happens. harm, no foul. Right. So, he can um, pray to Aaron Jesus. <laughs> so congratulations guys um well you know i'm every now and then i get behind on on getting my books out there's a couple winners i know you're like hey, you know free. checking your mail you they're free <laughs> they, they, they will be coming your way um have have patience okay so um trivia this week jane foster Oh, I'm not going to win. I know, this. right? This is going to be all crickets. First appearance, Thor number one. Tales of no. suspense. No, think about where Thor uh, originated. Tales of Asgard. No, <laughs> no. Journey into mystery. Yeah, yes. yes. Oh, right. I was like, what's That's the right. other one? Journey into right. mystery. Suspense. Number. <laughs> Pick a number. It 25. was. It was the year that. Uh, Two eighty-two. Teresa graduated from high school. Eight twenty-five. That should narrow it down. Well, not not the four-digit, the two-digit year. Oh, thirty-nine. Okay. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no, you I, are really good. I'm yeah. running on four oh, four or five I, hours of sleep. Oh, yeah, thirty-nine. Math is not working for me right now. So go easy on a eighty something. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna so I'm have sorry, Teresa, Teresa listen to this. God, um, I'm so easy on it, please. I like I like them cougars. <laughs> <laughs> them, them AARP cougars. Oh, I can't believe I can't oh, do no. math right now. Jeez. That would that would put her at like. 80, I'm so sorry, Teresa. 88? Yeah. No, okay. 85? Well, that's not intentional. That's like, not, no, I know, but it's just like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, 84. 84. Okay. Okay. Yeah, September 1962. Um, what was uh, in the early days uh, of Jane Foster, what was her occupation? Physicist. No. Nurse. Nurse. Think about who Thor manifested as. He was a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Donald Blake. Doctor Donald, Donald Blake. She's not uh, a nurse. She's doc- a doctor. She was a nurse. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Later went to med school and became a doctor. Well, not that she wasn't in med school to become a nurse, but well, yeah. Anyway, she finished her degree. Yeah. There you go. Created by Jack Kirby and Stanley and Ditko. No. Ah, uh, I was just guessing on that one. That's no. Gil Kane. Think about another writer. Another writer. Yeah. That rarely gets credit because Stan was the man. Um, what is that dude's name that did uh, uh, the Shield book? No, it wasn't him. No, mm, bummer. Who's his brother? <laughs> I can't even remember his name. I don't know his brother. Of course, you know who is Stanley's brother? Oh, Jim Lee. 
<laughs> That's awesome. That would be amazing, though, right? <laughs> Which is not at all accurate. No. I'm just spitballing. It's, awesome. uh, it's, Mr. Yeah. it's Mr. Lieber. Correct. Larry Lieber. All right. I got it right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I yeah. never would have gotten that. So, okay. Um, a little bit of a curveball question for the listeners this week. If you want to win either uh, pretty decent comics or one really great graphic novel, um, answer this question and send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. I want to know, during the Marvel Superhero Civil War, the first one, mm-hmm. written by Mark one. Miller, mm-hmm. whose side did Jane Foster take Ooh. in the Civil War? That's one of those like tie-in books mm. that you have to go look and find. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. Um, so if you... Uh, it, it was, I, 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 I'm trying to remember yeah, this. Stumped. Yeah. I'm stumped. It's probably I not remember. in the main series. Um, I can't, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. can't recall it being in the main I re- series. I read all that whole series, and I can't recall. That's Interesting. No, it's out there. It's out there in the ether. Um, and it will either be Captain America's side or Iron Man's yeah, side. Obviously, yeah, yeah. So um, if you know the answer to this question, send uh, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Thanks for playing. Cool. Hey. All righty, guys. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share. Tell your friends about us. Tell us to check it out uh, or tell them to check it out. If you uh, like really like what you're doing, you want to go or hearing, and you want to go above and beyond, you can go to Patreon.com/slash All Star Comics Podcast. You can get on as little as a dollar, three dollars. Gets the exclusive content. Yeah, we filmed three more today. Did he really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, the exclusive con- exclusive exclusive content. Uh-huh. I've had a stroke. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Uh, being the multiversity university complete like you know drops as we record all of them instead of having to be you know waiting until the end of each episode uh, which brings me to the point of at the end of this episode you're going to get more multiversity university with Larry Um, and then if you want to keep up with everything at the shop you can like Horizon Comics on Facebook follow at Horizon Comic comics on twitter and instagram uh if you want to keep up with everything johnny and his boyish nonsense uh-huh yes a lot of boyish, boyish nonsense. nonsense anyway you can follow me at I'm the tired. John- <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't i know i don't have any zingers tonight johnny thankfully like he's probably or he's probably like yes for once Go ahead. You called me out when I went to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the only one I had, man. It's the only one I had. <laughs> anyway, you can follow me everywhere at the Johnny Two X Four, and you could follow uh, my podcast. We uh, we love you. Uh, we just did episode Cats. two. Podcasts. Uh, yeah, you can visit podcat.org for all the podcasts that are coming up. If you want to keep up with all things audio and video game, the Hydra Five Five on everything. Ryan. Uh, just Ryan Longmore, pretty much on everything you can find me. <laughs> Um, I don't know what I just did. I'm sorry. I just dropped the pen somehow. You're fine. You're fine. Um, and pretty much you can just find me anywhere. Ryan Longmore. I have my full name up. Go ahead and search. Uh, get on Matt so we could get our uh, Hydra Gaming Podcast going again, everybody, and listen to that. Yeah, get on that, Matt. There you go. You were, you were pretty <laughs> diligent in that in the beginning. I don't know. I was on one episode, and then it ended, so I don't know what that, that doesn't about. bode well. Yeah, that You're the destroyer of podcasts. <laughs> How long do you expect we love you to last? Oh, God, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> thanks for having me on, guys. I really hey, no appreciate problem. it. I had a blast. No problem. Uh, I am at St. Jonathan on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. We Chris will Johnson's see you. Chris Johnson is on next week. It'll be a good show. Uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great week.
Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I am your host, Larry Douglas. Tonight, we are going to talk about uh, one of the most important characters of the Golden Age. Uh, not maybe the most popular, but certainly one of the most popular, and the one that really put timely comics on the map. And, of course, we're talking about Captain America. Now, Captain America uh, was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Uh, Joe Simon was actually born Heine Simon, uh, changed his name to Joe Simon uh, when he began working in the newspaper industry. Uh, he was the son, as we seem to say a lot, of Jewish immigrants. In his case, his parents were originally from England. Now, um, he grew up not in New York, as so many of the others did. He grew up in the state of New York, but uh, he actually grew up in uh, the Rochester area. Um, and he ended up doing a lot of work in uh, newspapers in Rochester and Syracuse, mainly as an art or assistant art director. But in 1936, Joe Simon ended up moving to Manhattan. Uh, he got some work for movie studios, doing things like uh, movie posters. Uh, he did some magazine work and eventually caught on with Funnies Incorporated, the company that was uh, what we called a, a comic syndicator and the company that was at the beginning producing the material for the timely comics. And it was from... Funnies Incorporated that Joe Simon ended up getting hired away uh, to work at Timely as their editor as well as their writer. Now, Jack Kirby, uh, he was actually born Jacob Kurtzberg. Um, he grew up on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, um, also the son of Jewish immigrants as well. And he learned to draw, basically taught himself to draw by tracing comic strips and editorial cartoons. And through that kind of developed his own style. Now, he did try going to art school, but um, his style of art wasn't really appreciated by the people in art school, especially because they said he worked too fast. As he put it, they wanted someone who would work on one piece for years, and he didn't want to do that. He wanted to just get in, get the work done, and move on. Um, so he did, however, um, end up catching on as a comic strip and cartoon artist uh, starting in about 1936. Um, he then it began working for Fleischer Studios as an animator for Popeye cartoons. Um, he didn't really like that work. He said he felt like he was working in a factory when he worked there. So he ended up going over to Fox Feature Syndicate, another comic syndicator, and got his first superhero work working on the Blue Beetle. Now, it was during that time when he was working for Fox that he met Joe Simon, and uh, Joe Simon really liked his art style, and so the two of them began doing freelance work together. Uh, the first character that they worked on together was one called Black Bolt. Um, but, of course, what they really ended up becoming known for is their creation of Captain America. And now, Jack Kirby, at first, even when he created Captain America with Joe Simon, wasn't actually working for Timely. He was just a freelancer. But after Captain America number one came out and sold so well, uh, Joe Simon convinced Martin Goodman to go ahead and hire Jack Kirby on as a full-time artist for Timely. Now, um, 
the thing about Captain America it, that was unusual about his debut is that unlike every other superhero who was very popular at that time, he did not get introduced in an anthology comic. Remember, Superman had first gotten introduced in action a year later, got his own title. Batman, introduced in Detective, gets his own title a year later. Captain Marvel, introduced in Wiz Comics, gets his own title a year later. Captain America started in Captain America number one. And uh, that was really unusual at that time. But the story is that when Martin Goodman saw the artwork for Captain America that Jack Kirby had done, that was really so very different in style from all of the other comic book artwork out there that he immediately knew that Captain America was going to sell and said, we're going to put this guy in his own comic to start with. And, of course, he did. The first issue of Captain America sold about a million copies, and then each of the issues after that sold just a little bit over that. So um, that was the first really super popular character by Timely, and that was what made uh, Timely a big name in comics. Up until then, Timely was just, you know, another company that was putting out comics that were, you know, relatively popular but didn't rise to the level of something like a DC with Superman, Batman, or Fawcett with Captain Marvel Adventures. Now, um, one of the interesting things about Captain America number one is that the cover shows Captain America punching Hitler. Um, maybe not so unusual for World War II, but you have to remember that Captain America came out nearly a year before America actually had entered World War II. Um, but Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, um, as a couple of nice Jewish boys, weren't too thrilled with Hitler, and so they had no problem with having Captain America punch him. And then in issue number two, he wasn't depicted as punching Hitler on the cover of the issue, but as almost punching Hitler. He was just ready to land the punch. So uh, they made their point. Uh, not every issue showed him punching Hitler on the cover, but frequently they did. Now, um, that first issue uh, basically started the story that we all know. It might be a little bit different from what we know today, but pretty much the same. Uh, Steve Rogers was this frail uh, person who could not get into the military. He was classified as 4F. And then he drank something um, that wasn't described in that first issue as the super soldier formula. It was simply described as a strange seething liquid. And it is a strange seething liquid that uh, made him really strong and uh, basically made him Captain America at that point. Now, unfortunately, in that first issue, we also find out that saboteurs ended up killing the inventor of the strange seething liquid and destroying all of his notes so nobody else knew how to make it so there could never be another Captain America. He would be the only one. Um, however, uh, the government ended up getting Steve Rogers to join the army disguised as an army private. He was really kind of undercover. And it was there in Camp Lee that he met Bucky Barnes, who was the uh, Camp Lee mascot, teenage mascot. And so he had his, uh, his required teenage sidekick, as so many of the other superheroes did. Also in that first issue, Captain America's shield was actually triangular. It was then in the second one that they decided to make it round. And, of course, that would allow Stan Lee in issue number three to end up uh, coming up with that whole ricochet move that, uh, that he invented. Now, Captain America was the biggest selling comic for Timely Comics. And... Joe Simon knew beforehand that it was going to sell really well. So he made a deal with Martin Goodman that 
he and Jack Kirby would share 25% of the profits from Captain America. Um, And this ended up becoming a uh, kind of a bone of contention because Simon and Kirby began to feel that Martin Goodman was cheating them. And fact is, he probably was. So they actually only end up writing Captain America through issue number 10 and then ended up leaving the company at that point. But Captain America continued to sell now with Stan Lee and actually writing it as well as with other people that he brought in um, and ended up, as I said, making Timely uh, one of the more popular companies of the golden age and definitely their biggest seller. And of course, as with so many other characters we've talked about, a character that we still have with us uh, today and still continues to be one of Marvel's most popular characters. So thank you for joining us, and please join us next time as we discuss the creation of another extremely important character of 1941, Wonder Woman.